0: Well, we're going to begin from Psalms 119 and verse 97. The psalmist says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. He declares his love for the word of God. And he says he thinks about it. He's meditating on it. He's thinking about it all day long. The church in America needs to return to a love for the Word of God. It is the cure for all that ails the church. Amen. I will tell you, you see anything wrong with the church? Let me tell you what the answer is. We need the Word of God. I think one way the church in America has actually gone backwards is that many Christians today depend on others to tell them what the Word of God says. I mean, they either get it from a person, or they hear it on Christian radio, but they're counting on somebody else to tell them what it says. There's this attitude like, well, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar, and I don't understand the Bible, so I'm just going to go by what the preachers all say. You know, and if I don't like what this preacher says, I'll find me one I like, you know. But here's the thing. We need to know what the Bible says, what the Word of God says for ourselves. Listen, during the dark ages, there was a time when only the priest could tell the people what the Scripture said. They liked it that way. We don't want to go back to that. I'll tell you, the Word of God is for every single one of us. And we need to realize that... Listen, maybe, maybe you're not at a place where it's easy for you to read and understand the Bible, but you need to understand that it is for you, and you can learn and grow in that. And if you can't read, you can listen to it. Thank God for modern technology. You can listen to the Bible all day long if you want to. But the church in America needs to go back to the Bible. Do you realize that there are still foreign countries today where the Bible has to be smuggled in? I mean, those, those foreign countries, it, it's illegal to have a Bible in some of those places, and they, they consider it to be a very dangerous piece of literature. Those governments are actually afraid of the impact that it would have on their society and their culture. They have greater respect for the power of God's word than a lot of Christians do. They actually believe that it would would impact their culture and their society. You know what we need? We need more of the word of God. We as God's people, we need to dig into God's word. We need to be able to say with the psalmist, I love God's word. It's my meditation all day long. I'm thinking about it. We gotta cultivate that attitude in our heart. And I just wanna challenge you and encourage you today to make it a part of your daily life as much as you can. And I've done this before, but I, I just think it's important to do. Listen, if you haven't really read the Bible very much, I encourage you, start with these books. Read the book of Genesis, where you'll begin from the very beginning of creation but you also will read many of the stories, the great stories about the patriarchs and how God moved and worked in their life. And then read the Psalms. You know, in the Psalms, you will find many ups and downs of life, and the struggles of life. But you'll also find many great promises that will bring you to a place of praise. And then read the book of Proverbs, where you find daily wisdom. As a Christian, as a believer, you will find wisdom that will help you navigate through life. Then read also Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, And read the book of Acts. And after you've kind of worked your way through those several times, then you might be ready for some other passages. But if you just start off in Leviticus, you'll probably die there. (laughs) Listen. And like so many, you want to jump right into the book of Revelation. Now see, some people, they're just going to have to do it. you got that rebel spirit, and you're going to have to go read Revelation because the preacher said not to. I didn't say not to. I just said not right now. Because I want to tell you, there are men who have studied the book of Revelation for 50 years, and they don't understand it all. You know how I know that? Because none of them can get an agreement about it. They all say, it means this, and this one says it means that. And just listen to the same guy for 10 years, and in 10 years, he'll change some of the stuff he's saying about it. I'm just saying, they don't know. But it's amazing how people, when they start reading the Bible, a lot of the times, they tend to gravitate towards something weird. They're looking for something weird. You know, stuff they don't understand. Listen, the problem with the Bible is not the stuff that you don't understand. The problem with the Bible is the stuff that we do understand. Because if we'll start doing the simple things that we do understand and walk in that truth... The Holy Spirit will reveal more to you and you will learn and you will grow. And as the years go by, if the Lord tarries, you will continue to grow and you get to where more and more and more you understand the Word of God. But you've got to love it. You've got to dig into it. You've got to be sincere about God's Word. Focus on what you do understand and keep going and God will continue to reveal more and more to you. There's a lot of Christians, I think, today that just aren't really sure about the Word of God. And it's hard for me to really wrap my mind around that because as far back as I can remember, I've always believed the Bible. But in the time that we live in, so many people have become confused and are unsure about the validity and the authority and the infallibility of God's Word. And so I just want you to know this. You need to settle it in your heart. It's already been settled in heaven. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Not for a little while, forever. Forever. Forever His Word is settled in heaven. I love this about the Word of God, that it is a sure thing. Amen. And you can always count on the Word of God. In this crazy world that we live in where there's so much uncertainty and so much shifting sand, the Word of God remains. Forever it is settled. Some people, you know, they, they hold the Word of God as, uh, well, beneath... Science. They hold scientific theory above the scripture. I want to read to you something that Albert Einstein said. See, a lot of people think this guy really had it going on. Well, here's what he said. He said, you imagine that I look back on my work with calm and satisfaction, but there is not a single concept of which I am convinced that it will stand firm, and I feel uncertain whether I am in general on the right track. I don't want to be right. I only want to know whether I am right. He says there's not a single concept that he's really sure of. Here's what I'm sure of. The Word of God. I know absolutely that it is a firm foundation, that it is forever settled, and I can count on it. No matter what else is going on in this world, I am sure of the Word of God. There is not anything that's above the Word of God. Psalm 18 and 30 says, As for God, His way is perfect The word of the Lord is flawless. It's flawless. People think they found flaws in it. They think they found contradictions. They just haven't studied enough. They haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal enough to them. Because I tell you, the longer that I serve the Lord and I study this book with the help of the Holy Spirit... The more and more that I understand how it all fits together and how flawless and perfect it is, it declares itself to be flawless, and you got to settle that in your heart or you will always be floundering as a Christian. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Settle it forever love these two verses from 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He spoke it all. He breathed it out to holy men of old who wrote it down. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, you read this in the King James, it, it kind of tends to sound like it's more, you know, for the preacher, for the man of God. But uh, we need to understand that it's for all of us. It's been inspired by the Holy Spirit for every single one of us. And so, uh, I like this paraphrase, the, the Living Bible puts it this way. It says, the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. It is God's way of making us well-prepared at every point and fully equipped to do good. And, you know, it just kind of makes it plain and simple that it really is for every single one of us the Bible shows us how to live. And we, as believers, we need to get back to the Bible as God's people. We need to get into the Word. And I want to challenge you that with fresh eyes, you go to the Scripture and, and give it a fresh look and let God speak to you through the Scripture like never before. You know, look deeper. Expect more. Believe that God would speak to you. Pray over it. See, don't just read the Bible and, and be carnal about it, but pray over it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand truth from the Word of God. And let, I challenge you, one more time, I want to say this, to be like the psalmist and say, oh, how I love your law, how I love your Word. I think about it all day. It's my meditation all day. That's what he said. That just means he's going over it and over it and over it. What do you think about all day? You know, in this time and the world we live in today, with all of our electronic devices and everything, all of the modern media, we have so many voices and things coming at us all day long. And I realized that a lot of the time that, modern media, whether it's TV or movies or the internet, you know, there's immoral things. But let me tell you the worst impact of all of the modern technology. It is that our minds have become so preoccupied, even if it's not something bad or immoral, our minds are so preoccupied that we don't think about the word of the Lord like we should. The psalmist said, I love your laws, my meditation all the day. And yet our minds are filled with a thousand different things all day long. I'm telling you, it is a tool of the enemy to keep us from the word of God. Now, here's the thing. You see, you can use that technology to get the word, to get more of it. Because you can listen to the word while you're driving down the road. I mean, you can saturate yourself through the, with the Word of God through modern technology. My wife's sitting in the doctor's office this week, and she's—you know she had to wait a long time. She didn't expect that. She didn't take anything to read. But she gets her phone out, and she reads the Bible on her phone. If you're not going to carry one of these, we get that Bible on your phone and use it. Right. Scrolling through Facebook. What's your mind on all day long? Oh, I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. You know what? This is Here's how you know if you're really learning to love it. You're thinking about it all the time. And I hope that today through this word that God will birth a fresh hunger and desire in you to really want to love his word. I love the word of God because it is truth. In this world, people don't really have a clue about what truth is anymore. They're like Pontius Pilate. They say, What is truth? And they they got this new thing now like, you know, it's your truth, whatever your truth is. Everybody gets to have their own version of truth. They had a word for that when I was a kid baloney. (laughs) Here's the truth. In Jesus' prayer in John 17, He says to the Father, Your word is truth. Right. This is the one thing you can always count on to be truth. Amen. Listen, in this world, the stuff you hear, the stuff you read, at least half the time, it's not true. Right. And if you're on social media, it's probably more like 90% of the time. Right. And a lot of believers, they read something on Facebook and they think it's the gospel, Here's the truth. This is the one thing you can count on. This is the good news. Quit reading all that fake news. You know what fake news is? Oh, well, that's what the other people say. And they say the same thing. That's what they say. I'm going to stick with the good news because I know it's right. That's, this is what we need to focus our attention on. This is what we need to fill our heart and our mind with. It's the truth of Scripture. Jesus declared himself to be truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I want to tell you, if you're a real disciple of Jesus, you just can't get enough of the word of God. You just want more and more. John 8, 32, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He said, If you stay in his word then you really are His disciples. There's a lot of pretend disciples. Let me tell you what a pretend disciple is. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I don't stay in the Word, but I'm a Christian. Pretend disciple. A real disciple, Jesus says, if you abide in My Word, if you stay in it, if you dwell in My Word, then you really are My disciples. And there's something that happens. It doesn't happen to the nominal believer that gets a little of the word every once in a while. He says, you'll know truth. Now, There's a difference in knowing it as in, yeah, I've heard that before, I know that, and knowing it where it really gets down in your heart, and some, then something else happens. He says, you'll know the truth, and you will be free. Amen. That truth will make you free. You know, it's how the world tries to steal from the Bible and pervert the Word of God. You know, they they use that that phrase on TV shows and stuff, and they say, oh, just tell the truth. You know, the truth will set you free. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the truths of God's Word set you free. It is the source of truth. I love the Word of God. Because through the word of God, I can know the one true God. It's one of my favorite things about the scripture is that God has given us his word that we could know him. He reveals his heart, his mind, his will in the Word of God. Over and over and over, he shows us different aspects of his character, who he really is, what he's really like. And in a world today where people just kind of make up their own version of who God is, you need to hold to the Word of God and what God says about himself. Anything else is a false god. It's an idol. How can you know that you're worshiping the one true God? The Scripture. Right. Jesus said in John seventeen three, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So if you really want to know Him in a personal way, the Scripture, the Word of God, is His revelation of Himself to man... But it's not just a book. The Word of God is a person. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You say, I don't understand that. It's still true. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, it tells us something else about the Word. And the Word became flesh. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth in a human body. The Word became flesh. And the Word dwelt among us. We beheld His glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's Jesus The Word became flesh. A lot of people claim to love Jesus, but they don't care anything about the Word. I don't understand that. Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In John 14, 9, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He revealed the Father to us. He showed us who the Father was, what the Father was like, because in John 10:30, he said, I and the Father are one. You want to know God? Get to know His Word. The more you know His Word, the more you will understand Him. The more you'll think like He thinks, the more that you will have His heart. You see, in the beginning, He was there, the Word. He came to earth in a human body, and the Word was made flesh. You know where he is right now? 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now, we often say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as the Scripture does in other places, but it's interesting here that it was recorded this way here. He said... The Father, the Word, that's the Son, that's Jesus, Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And right there, he says, these three are one. And right there, you have the Trinity so plain and so clear. Some people, they just want to take that verse out of the Bible. They say, oh, that, that was false. That was false teaching should never have been put in the Scripture. Yeah, you know, I find that a lot of people do that when they got false doctrine. There's always some passages they just want to mark off that don't agree with their doctrine. That's why you need to read the whole Bible. You need to study the whole thing. Pastor, you just told us to start with these. Yeah, but you need to read the whole thing. That's just where you start, all right? But we need the whole counsel of the Word of God. I'll tell you, we need to love it. And I want you to get this, though. You see... Past and present and future. Let me tell you something that's going to happen from Revelation chapter 19. It, I'm going to read verse 11 through 16 but just because I think it's so awesome. I do. I love this. Here he is preaching from Revelations. We just told people not to read it. <laughs> this is awesome though. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Who is this that's coming riding on a white horse? His name is the Word of God. He's going to lead his saints back to this earth. Listen what's going to happen. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, to him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And some people read about the wrath and what's to come, and they think, oh, that's Jesus. You need to get to know him through his word. But here's what I see. You see, he's still going to be called the Word of God. I love the Word of God because it brings faith. You know, this is a principle that I mention often, but it needs to be because there's so much doubt and cynicism in our world today, and, you know, like the disciples, sometimes we want to just say, Lord, increase my faith. But He's given us a way for us to increase our faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The more that you receive of the Word of God, the stronger your faith will get. In fact, a lot of the time, the first time that you hear something from the Word of God, you don't necessarily really embrace it fully and believe. But when you hear it again and again, and especially when you begin to, like the psalmist, think about it all day, and you get it down in your heart, then you really believe. I mean, it's one thing for you to hear, I am the Lord who heals you. That's what God said. That's from the scripture. I am the Lord who heals you. It is another thing. When you get it down in your heart, and it is like God is speaking to you, and he says, I am the Lord who heals you, and you know that you are going to be healed. You see, there's something different than when you you really get it down inside of you and you really believe it. How does that happen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love this about the word of God, that it brings faith to my heart. In fact, it just, you know, healing is something that all of us deal with sooner or later in life, whether it's for us personally or a loved one, and, and it can be such a, a battle. And I understand and I know full well that there's sometimes questions without answers, but I also know that the Word of God is true. And, and there's so many great promises about healing. But where healing is preached... There are miracles of healing. Amen. Where healing is never preached, it almost never happens. Right. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Back in 2008, I was a, a little younger, and um, but was having a lot of health issues. I was taking two naps a day sometimes. A lot of confusion, just exhausted, and just all kinds of weird issues going on. I go to a doctor, and he's like, I don't know. I go to an internist, and they're like, I don't know. Here's some pills to keep you awake. I was like, come on. No no clue for a cause or a cure. What do you do? I went to my healer. I saw this verse of Scripture, Psalm 107 and verse 20, and it says, he sent his word and healed them. And I began to put my trust in God. I began to focus on the scriptures about healing, and I just stuck with it. And it didn't happen overnight, but I gradually got better. But here's what I'm saying to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you'll just dig into the Word of God, I want to tell you, there are so many exceeding great and precious promises in the Word of God. And therefore you. I love this about the Word of God, that when we hear what God has said, you see, our faith isn't based on a fantasy or just what we want to believe. It's based on the Word of God. And when we know that God has said it, it gives us faith to believe. 2 Corinthians 1.20, All the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. I love the Word of God because it has the power to change us. Do you need change? We all do. None of us has arrived. I want to tell you, the Word of God has a power in it to clean you up. Jesus told the disciples in John 15, 3, You are already clean because of the Word which I have spoken to you. In John 17, verse 16 and 17, he prayed this to the Father. He said, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. The word sanctify just means to make holy. Jesus is praying that the Father will make them holy. He'll set them apart from this ungodly world by his word. By the truth, and then he says, your word is truth. How's this going to happen? The word of the Lord, it sanctifies us. That truth will change you so you don't live and act like the world anymore. You see, we give a heart to Jesus if we're sincere. I want to tell you something. You don't get everything right that day. No, you learn and you grow, and especially if you're one of those who weren't really in church before you got saved, the Holy Spirit will use the Word to convict you and show you things that aren't right in your life. He will begin a progressive, sanctifying work in you. Now, we read this just a a few weeks ago, but actually, we, we read it part of it last week also, but in Ephesians 5... I'm just going to focus on verse 26 here. He says, it says, talking about the church, that Jesus, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. And I want to point out to you again that he doesn't say that he's going to sanctify her by the blood. Our sins are washed away by the blood. That's how we are forgiven. That's how we are redeemed. But He does a sanctifying work in His people through the Word of God. Through the washing of the water of the Word. Anybody ever come to church and, and figure out that you need to make some changes in your life? You see, the Holy Spirit is here. And He uses the Word to convict us and show us where we need to change. That's the washing of the water of the Word. And I love that, that through the Word of God, there is a power to change our lives. Amen. You know, when you're struggling with a personal weakness or a sin, you look to the Word of God. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 119. You'll notice so many of these are from Psalms 119, and I just encourage you to read that whole chapter. It's amazing. But verse 9, he says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, here's somebody that really wants to get victory over those things in their life that they know are not pleasing to God. They hide in the word of God in their heart. Just putting it down in, keep keep thinking on it, keep meditating it, putting more and more. I love this about the Word of God, that it gives us power over those temptations. Jesus shows us this very plainly. When Satan came to tempting, with every temptation, Jesus responded with, it is written. You need to get some, it is written. So that when when temptation comes, or you're dealing with that old weakness, you know what the Word of God says about it. It has power to help you to overcome. You know, we're just never really through growing. We're always supposed to continue to be changing and growing. In 1 Peter 2, 2, it says as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I know some Christians sometimes they get this attitude where like, I ain't a baby. I don't need no milk. That's not what it's saying. It's not just writing it for babies. He's saying, as newborn babes, like a baby wants milk, we should want the Word of God. Desire the pure milk of the Word of God. We don't need to dress it up. We don't need candy. It doesn't have to be funny. I was thinking about Jesus. I wonder how often Jesus tried to come up with some jokes. No, I'll tell you what changes lives. It is the pure, unadulterated Word of God. It has a power in it to change hearts and lives. By the way, just in case somebody's hung up on that baby thing, well, let's move past that. This will get you past real quick. How many of you eat more than than a baby? Oh, come on now. I can tell by looking at you. Don't be mad. No, you see, as we grow in the Lord, we we don't get to the place where we're like, oh, well, I'm mature, I don't need... No, you just want it more. You just want it more. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see, we need to realize it is what sustains us and helps us grow spiritually. We ought to always be hungry, always be desiring more of the word of God. Never content with yesterdays, but always wanting more of his word because there's such a power in it to change our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Two things. First of all, just quickly, I want you to see that God's word is alive. It is not a dead book. It is not just words on a page. It is a living word that speaks to us. And it has great power in it, so much power in the Word of God to change our life. Gandhi, not a Christian, Gandhi said, you Christians have in your keeping a document with enough dynamite in it to blow the whole of civilization to bits, to turn society upside down, to bring peace to this war-torn world. I'll get that out. But you read it as if it were good literature and nothing else. How is it that even ungodly or people of other faiths recognize the power that's in God's word? And yet sometimes Christians don't. This Word has the power to turn our world upside down. But it won't happen unless it turns us upside down. Unless we really get it. We're not going to be light in a dark place. No, we got to allow the Word of God to truly change us. And it has that power in it. Amazing. It always gets to the heart of the matter. We read this. I want to read it again. Piercing even to the division of soul soul. And spirit. Soul and spirit are not the same thing. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It is so quickly and easily influenced by this world around you, and it can be carnal. Your spirit is that which is born of God, born of the Spirit of God, and the Word of God can divide between soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, a lot of Christians who profess to know the Lord, they just live by their soul all the time. You know, they just kind of live by their feelings. You know, they say, well, I, I just feel like, or I think this, and I think that. They don't realize that they're just living by the soul. How do you know what's of the soul and what's of the spirit? The Word of God will show you it divides between the two. This is the only way. So many carnal Christians living just like the world, they need the Word of God to show them what's of the soulish realm and what's of the spiritual realm. It divides between soul and spirit. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, it always gets right to the heart sometimes people do the right thing for the wrong reasons it happens a lot in church did you know that if you use certain tactics of manipulation you can get people to give when people are going to be recognized and acknowledged for their giving oh, it just takes on a whole different realm It's real quiet in here. All kinds of weird, strange tactics are employed in churches. You see, and and I'm saying preachers do this garbage, but people are manipulated by it because they're going by their soul instead of by their spirit. The, The sword of the spirit will discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. What's the real reason? See, is it obedience to God or is there something else driving it? i got to get back into the message. I'm going to mess, mess with somebody here in a minute and make somebody mad talking about giving. People always get mad over money. Doesn't that say something? Okay. I'm telling you, if there's a problem in your life that you need victory over, you need to go to the Word of God and realize that there's power there to help you get victory. I love the Word of God because it shows us how to live. All of the stuff of this world and everything around us is temporal. Everything around us, you know, there's so many storms going on in our world of all different kinds. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6. Beginning from verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I love the Word of God because it shows me how to handle my finances. I love the word of God cuz it tells me how to raise my children. I love the word of God cuz it tells me how to treat my wife. There's so many so many scriptures that talk about relationships with other people and how we're supposed to treat people, what we, you know, kind of business deals we shouldn't get involved in. There's so much truth in here. If we'll build our lives on this firm foundation, then when the storms come, we're going to be all right. But not just because you're a Christian. And not just because you go to church even. No, because you built your life on the Word of God. Living by the principles of God's Word. So many opinions about so many things. This is how you can have confidence to know that you're doing the right thing. It's the Word of God. I love the Word of God because it shows me the way. Psalm 119 again, verse 105, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In this dark world, I'm telling you, we need the word of God to light our path so we can make the right choices, make the right decisions in life. You know, you're trying to live a Christian life without the word is like trying to fly a plane without an instrument panel. I mean, you're just heading off. You know, you hope you get somewhere good, but here we go. No, you don't want to live that way. You live by the Word of God because it will show you the right way. Not only when you're going to buy a house or you're going to uh, decide whether or not to marry somebody, certainly in the big things, but oftentimes it is in the daily little decisions that we need to be looking to the Word of God to give us wisdom and direction and guidance. Amen. Sometimes it is one small decision that starts you down a path in the wrong direction. Right. You see, we need God's wisdom, the wisdom of His Word in our life every day. And I love that about the Word of God, that it is a lamp to my feet, it is a light unto my path. They don't have to just stumble through life in trial and error that's painful how much better to live by the word of God there's a way that seems right to a man but it's end is the way of death you got to stick with what the Bible says if you don't know what it says you need to find out what does it say life is a journey we're all going to end up somewhere how do you end up in a good place You stick with the Word of God, and you allow it to show you the way. I love the Word of God because so often God speaks to me through the Word of God. I hear these preachers recanting their conversations with God. And I said this to God, and He said, well, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, come on, God, blah, 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 it doesn't happen that way for me. Uh, maybe it does for some of you. You can come tell me all about it later. But For me, it doesn't happen that way. I don't have these conversations. I said, he said, and I said, and he said. Every day we talk like this. It's not that way for me. Sometimes I pray and I say, God, I, I don't know what to do. I need to hear you. I, I need you to speak to me. Sometimes I say, Lord, please speak to me. Speak to me. Right now, Lord, I got... Anybody else? Y'all are real quiet. Somebody make me feel better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But so often, I'll be reading my Bible, or I'll be meditating on the Scripture, and a word will just come to life to me. And He speaks to me so clearly through it. And sometimes it may not be in the moment that I'm reading it, but it's Scripture that I've been over and over. Or maybe I've even known it for a long time. And at just the right time, the Holy Spirit brings it back to my remembrance. And God speaks to me through that word. Now listen, God can speak to you any way He so chooses. And there's so many ways that God can speak. And He may say some things to you that don't necessarily sound like Scripture. But I'm just telling you, in His Word, He has given us. You want to hear from God? Start here. And so often, the Holy Spirit will do that very thing. He will cause that scripture to come to life to you and speak to you just what you need at the right time. I love that about the word of God. So I want to encourage you today to give the word priority in your life. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. In his word, we find the answers to life's problems. In his word we find peace. Great peace have they which love thy law. You see, love the word of God, you're going to have peace. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that my joy might remain in you. You see, when you hear what Jesus says, it can bring joy. Sometimes you're just struggling and struggling, but all of a sudden you get a word and you got joy. See, you dig into the Word of God, you're going to find strength and comfort. You're going to find guidance and direction. You're going to get to know God better. Oh, that's the best part, amen. It'll build your faith. It'll give you wisdom and discernment in His Word. You're going to get power over temptation. You're going to find truth that sets you free. You're going to see how you can live an abundant life. Oh, it's all there in His Word and so much more. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I'd like for our prayer partners to come.